0: Let us now read together what we confess in, first of all, the Belgian Confession, Article 5, and then Article 11. Article 5 is on page 502 of your new Book of Praise. about God's revelation and the authority of Holy Scripture. We receive all these books and these only as holy and canonical for the regulation, foundation, and confirmation of our faith. We believe without any doubt all things contained in them, not so much because the Church receives and approves them as such, but especially because the Holy Spirit witnesses in our hearts that they are from God and also because they contain the evidence of this in themselves. For even the blind are able to perceive that the things foretold in them are being fulfilled. And then Article 11. About the Holy Spirit. We believe and confess also that the Holy Spirit from eternity proceeds from the Father and the Son. He is neither made, created, nor begotten, but he can only be said to proceed from both. In order, he is the third person of the Holy Trinity, of one and the same essence, majesty and glory with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God, as the Holy Scriptures teach us. And now let us turn to what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 20. there we confess about the Holy Spirit as follows. We have a summary of God's word here. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, he is, together with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God. <coughs> Second, he is also given to me to make me by true faith, sharing Christ and all his benefits, to comfort me and to remain with me forever. congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, do you sometimes wonder where God is in this world full of pain and sorrow? Indeed, that is one of the main questions of those who argue against the existence of God. Such people look around them and they see the horrible things that happen here on earth, and they do not believe that if there is a God he would create such a world. How can a so-called loving God allow the abuse, for example, of little children? And how can he tolerate those who suffer because of hunger and disease? There are millions and millions of people all over this world who can barely scrape a meal together. There are also those who suffer because of famine, wars, injustices, diseases, and all kinds of debilitating accidents, surely there is no God. Although we know that God exists, we too sometimes have difficulty with those things, don't we? We also have our questions. Therefore, it is a good thing that this afternoon we are reminded of the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals to us who God is. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to shine the light on God himself. The Holy Spirit makes God known. He shows us the glory of God and his greatness in spite of our own limited vision. That is what I will preach to you about this afternoon. Summarized this Lord say as follows. The Holy Spirit reveals to us God's glory and comforts us. He does that in the first place today and in the second place forever. If we want to know who God is and his Holy Spirit and what they do, then we have to examine what God says about him in his word and how we also summarize that in our confessions. The catechism tells us that God the Holy Spirit has been given to you and to me as my comforter, and that he will remain with me forever. And the Holy Spirit is together with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God. That is what we confess here in the Heidelberg Catechism and in the Belgian Confession. The Holy Spirit has existed from eternity. That means that there was never a time that he was not. That is what God tells us. The Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the triune God. That means that the Holy Spirit has his own personality. The Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father and distinct from the Son, and yet totally one with the other two persons. Together they are the one, only true God. And so the Holy Spirit is not an it or a he, it's not an it, but a he. The Holy Spirit is not a mere power that proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is not like an electrical current into which we can plug in. The Bible tells us that we can quench the Holy Spirit, that we can grieve him. You can only say that about a person, not a thing the Holy Spirit also speaks to us. Now That is not something a power can do either. No, only if the Holy Spirit is a person can he do this. And so when we speak about the Holy Spirit, we speak about, God's, about God as the almighty God. As we know from Genesis 1, verse 2, God, the Holy Spirit, was there already at the time of creation. The Holy Spirit has been intimately involved in all of creation. But now in Romans 8, verse 22, it says that the whole creation has been groaning, as in pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. As any woman with children can tell you, giving birth is a painful experience. Now imagine imagine experiencing that pain all the time. Well, Well, that is what is happening here in this world. This world is a painful place. And so God acknowledges the pain that is experienced here on earth. The Bible also tells us how that came about. It is because of sin. We know that. We know that because we know what it says in the Bible. An unbeliever, however, does not know that. He bristles at the thought that he is responsible in any way, shape, or form for the demise of the world. We do not have an innate knowledge of sin. That is something we need to be taught but even in the most miserable circumstances, God gives us always the possibility of escape. In other words, in the midst of whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, there is always hope. And God tells us that in the midst of this pain, there is hope. And that is why the Holy Spirit in this letter to the Romans does not just speak about the pain that this whole world is experiencing right now, but he also speaks at the same time about the great hope that there is. We are told that through the Holy Spirit, things are made new again. Renewal cannot happen without God's Spirit. Listen to what it says in Psalm 104, verse 30. When you send your spirit, you are created and you renew the face of the earth. Brothers and sisters, the one way that you can know who God is, is by first of all looking at his creation and to the healing power that is at work in his creation. Look around you, it's obvious. Instinctively, all men can clearly see that even though there is death and decay, there is always also renewal and new growth. After summer comes winter, things die, plants die, as do the flowers and most insects. The trees drop their leaves, but then spring comes. And we know it's coming. We always know that spring comes after the winter, after things have died. And then we see God's power in action. The leaves grow again. The grass is green again. Insects are buzzing around again. God is the God of renewal. That's how he reveals himself to all men. And we also know that when we get hurt physically, that our bodies have certain healing powers within themselves. We experience pain, but we know that in most cases, that pain will dissipate. When you cut yourself, you know that your body will heal itself. And so that tells us that in this world, there is always hope. Hope for renewal, hope for something better. That is how God has ordained things. And therefore, all those people all over the world who find themselves in such difficult circumstances may also know that things can get better again, and that there is always hope for the future. God has created that glimmer of hope within us, and that's what keeps us going. You see, brothers and sisters, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Unbelievers can also witness that renewing power of God. And that is why Paul says in Romans 1, verse 20, For for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Men are without excuse because you see God's power around you and in you. God gives to each person, no matter what circumstance, he or she finds himself in, hope and a glimpse of his glory. Granted, such knowledge does not give you the ability to understand God. But that knowledge ought to motivate you to seek God. For God, the Holy Spirit, is always there, even in the deepest darkness. As David says in Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I say, Surely the darkness will hurt me, and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be Dark to you, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Things can get pretty dark in this world. The forces of darkness are all around us and within us. Yet God's Holy Spirit is always there. But how do you know this? Unless you also go to God's word. He manifests himself in nature but he fully reveals himself in his word. You cannot understand the kind of God that you are dealing with unless you also understand about his grace and about his justice. Nature and creation cannot teach you those things. You have to learn these things from the Bible, from the word of God. As Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians chapter two, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Are you perplexed because of all the evil things that are happening here on this earth? Does it bother you? Well, you have been given the Spirit of God, for you have been given the Word of God. And the Spirit and the Word go together. Go tell others about the God who created all things and who also recreates all things. The God of hope. Tell them about the God who alone has created a world full of hope and who therefore can also give hope to all those who are perishing be an instrument in God's hand to God's God's word to go throughout this whole world. Only God's word can make any sense of it all. Tell those who live in darkness about the God of light. Tell them about the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. Tell them about what the Almighty God can do. Teach them from the Bible. But that means that you also must know what you are talking about. You must know that God intimately. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Just before the Lord Jesus left his disciples, he comforted them with the following words. He said to them in John 14, verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. These disciples were going to be preachers of the gospel. And the Lord Jesus tells them that he will give them his Holy Spirit to stand by their side. For that is what the Greek word paraclete translated as counselor or comforter means. Someone who stands by your side, who strengthens you, who helps you. And he will teach them all things, he says. But God doesn't just say that to preachers. He says that to you as well. We cannot understand anything at all, none of us, unless the Holy Spirit teaches us. For he teaches us all things. And we have to teach these things to our children and also to any other children that are placed in our path, that also they may come to know him and grow up to know him. Ultimately, without the Holy Spirit, we know nothing, and the Holy Spirit comes with God's word. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, then you do not know what this world is all about either. You're in darkness. You may have 10 PhDs behind your name and visited every country of the world and experienced every sensation known to man, but without the Holy Spirit, you know nothing. Consider what Paul says to the Ephesians about what they were like before they had the Holy Spirit. He says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They are darkened in their understanding without the Holy Spirit. And that applies to each and every one of us. For what does the Holy Spirit teach us? In the midst of hope and possibility of a greater future, he teaches us about sin. He teaches us, first of all, about our own sin. He teaches us about who created the world and how this world came into the sorry state that it is now. He teaches also how this world will be rescued from that sorry state. No science book is going to teach you that. And how does the Holy Spirit teach you these things? by convicting us, first of all, of sin. And that is what the misery and and turmoil and pain and sorrow in this world is supposed to teach us. Only because of man's sin has this happened. God can fix us of our sin in this miserable world full of hope. You may tell others all kinds of things about God's wrath and about the terrors of hell, but no one will ever know about his own sins except through the Holy Spirit who is our comforter, for he teaches us about sin in the midst of hope. You cannot teach that to someone by debate or by reasoning or by punishing them or by any other means. Only the Holy Spirit can do that, can teach you that. God's Word, God's Holy Spirit comforts you and at the same time confronts you with your sins. And it is only through God's Word that you can come out to understand that you are a wretched person, totally in need of redemption through the Son of God. For you see, that's the other thing that the Holy Spirit teaches us. He teaches us that we, of ourselves we are totally helpless. Paul came to that point in his life just before the chapter that we read together in Romans. He says in verse 18 of chapter 7, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Paul is in despair because of his helplessness, because of his sin. And therefore it's no wonder that he cries out further in the verses 24 and 25, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? But then he exclaims exultantly, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now we can also understand the chapter that we read together. He says there to our great comfort. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Only once you know and acknowledge your sins and misery can you be freed from the law of sin and death. Brothers and sisters, if there is one thing that the Holy Spirit teaches us, It is to go to Jesus Christ as our Savior and as the Savior of the world. And that is why the Catechism also aptly tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to me, to make me, by true faith, share in Christ and all his benefits. And what does that mean, to share in Christ? Well, that means to share in his victory. To share in Christ means to share in his triumph over sin and darkness and the evil one. To share in Christ means that you never have to be afraid, for those who believe in him will never be abandoned. As it says in Psalm 27, verse 10, though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will rescue me. The Lord will receive me. And what does it mean to share in all his benefits? Well, the last time we saw that the Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father, and there he intercedes for each and every one of his children. And there he has our flesh in heaven as a guarantee that he will also take us up there with him. There's a lot of pain and sorrow here on this earth, and there's also an enormous amount of injustice and untruthfulness. Man left alone, without God's regenerating spirit, is a despicable creature, totally selfish, and interested in promoting his own cause. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then his truth and his justice is given to you. Although you and I may be false, he will always be true. In spite of our sins, he will grant us his holiness, his purity, his peace. It's ours free of charge. Someone who is taught by the Holy Spirit knows how hopeless this world is and how hopeless you yourself are without the Lord Jesus Christ. If you come to that realization then you will become hungry for true comfort and true hope. Only the Holy Spirit can make you understand what everything is all about. When you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, then he will also teach you from his word and he will teach you through the preaching and then time and again you will discover new things. You will understand the depth and the great worth of the sacrifice of the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then you will understand how much God loves this creation in spite of the misery found therein. And then you will understand how much he loves you not just now, but forever. The second point, it says in this Lord's day that the Holy Spirit is given to me to remain with me forever. And these words were taken right from the mouth of Christ himself, where he said, as we know from John 14 verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And then it says further in verse 17, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. As we also saw this morning, once the Holy Spirit of God has you in his powerful embrace, he will not let go. Even though you may be going through rough times, he does not let go of his elect children. And that's also what we confess in the Canons of Dort. Chapter five, article six. But God, who is rich in mercy according to the unchangeable purpose of his election, does not completely withdraw his Holy Spirit from his own, even in their deplorable fall. Neither does he permit them to sink so deep that they fall away from the grace of adoption and the state of justification, or commit the sin unto death, or the sin against the Holy Spirit, and totally deserted by him, plunge themselves into eternal ruin. And in Article 8, we confess that the seeding of the Holy Spirit can neither be frustrated nor destroyed. God's Spirit does not leave those who belong to him. Also in the midst of miserable circumstances, where would we be without the Spirit of God? Would we then call upon him? Would we serve God and give glory to him? Would we be saved? We would be lost. And therefore, we may not grieve the Holy Spirit. We may not quench him either, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. We may not banish God's Spirit from our hearts. Time and again, God's people have done that. Think about the people of Israel. They wanted nothing to do with God any longer. They didn't listen to his voice. Think about the church in say, They were neither hot nor cold. And so God says that he spit them out of his mouth. He rejected those stubborn and rebellious people. God had given them the hope through the gospel of salvation, but they sought their own way of life. They sought to please themselves. They thought that they of themselves could give meaning to their lives and restore all things. And that is also the utopian thinking of today. The world today thinks that they can, through their own efforts, make this a better world. That is the hope that they cling to. They think that man can bring himself to a higher level. They're looking for Superman. They believe that this world will evolve to such an extent that we will have a virtually indestructible world. How blind they are to what has happened in the past and to what continues to happen. This world is in such a mess because of man's sins. And only the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ can undo the damage and all the effects. And so we have to open our eyes. God is not just a God of this world, but also of the next world. He alone is the God of the future. He alone can restore all things to the beauty that it once was, to a world without sin and misery and hunger and pain. And that is the hope each and every one of us as believers may cling to. And that's also the sure hope that we may speak to others about to those who live in the midst of horrible circumstances. We can teach others to come to the light, to the Holy Spirit. He will renew all things. He tra- transforms every person who calls upon him. And that is the good news for all those who listen to him. Amen.